0: Everything about my faith is based on the fact that I believe the Bible is God's word. Everything. I believe that every word in the Bible came from God. And it came from God on purpose. In other words, it wasn't our idea to put together a Bible and then God sort of sanctioned us. Oh, you want to do that? I'll help you out. No. It was God who said I need to communicate my will to man. I don't have time to go into helping us understand why it was necessary for God to do it that way. But if you will seek God out, what you'll find is the only thing or the only way that this thing was going to work, this thing of redemption, the only way it was going to work was by faith. And that's the way God set it up. And so while we say, and so many different people have said in their lifetime, if I could just see Him, I would believe Him. Actually, that's not true. But God knew that if He gave us His Word, accompanied by the power of His Holy Ghost, that those who heard His Word and had a heart for Him would believe. And so God gave us His Word and his word is more powerful than we even comprehend. And God saw to it that we would get his word, and he, he used amazing means to get it to us. But not only did he see to it that we would get it in, in one particular generation. By the way, it took 1,500 years from start to finish to write this book. But not only did he see to it that the people living when it was written would get it, but he saw to it that it would be preserved. There have been two great obstacles. There's been more than that, but there have been two great obstacles in its preservation. One has been that when this book was originally written, I'm talking about originally written by man, writing down what God gave them word for word, it was written by hand. And so, anytime you write something by hand, there's all kinds of obstacles. There's all kinds of potential for for mistakes. And not only was it written by hand, but then it had to be copied by hand. And copied by hand again, and copied by... Do you see the potential for mistakes? And then not only did it have to be copied again and again and again by hand, but then, in order for it to go to the entire world over time it had to be translated into other languages. The Old Testament was originally written mostly in the language of Hebrew. The New Testament was was originally written in the language of Greek. And so it had to be translated from those two languages. And uh, God knew, and God's wisdom is just so much greater than we can even comprehend. But God knew that for the last 400 years, the Dominant language on the earth would be the English language. So 400 years ago, God gave us his perfectly preserved word in the King James Bible. Now, we're not going to have a King James debate this morning, but I can say this without any fear of you contradicting it whatsoever, that if you have the King James Bible, you have the perfectly preserved word of God in English. And so you have it there in your hands. Because God wanted it in your hands. God wanted you to have access to his words because God wanted you to know his truth. Now, you say, but Pastor, that's up to you whether or not you, you know, you think you believe that, that's fine, but I don't believe that. Well, here's the thing. I didn't just decide to believe that. It was the great pursuit of my teenage years to come to the place where I believe that every word of the Bible was God's word preserved for me. And I sought the Lord and I asked Him, you know, I always love it and I admire it when a young person wants to Explore and find out the roots. I love it when a person wants to know where their freedom come, comes from. I I have loved, and I haven't seen an awful lot of the Olympics, but what I have seen of the Olympics this year, it, it just seems like the majority of our American athletes have a respect for their American identity and I, I appreciate that. I love it when people honor the flag. In fact, I'll tell you something that that really moved me was I, I saw somebody uh posted a a video of Usain Bolt who is is actually Jamaican. Tremendous athlete. They're calling him the fastest man in the history of of uh, uh fast man history. And um tremendous. And it's fun to watch him run he just because he just blows everybody else away. But he's from Jamaica. But what they, they posted was he was being interviewed and the the interviewer was, was just starting to talk to him. And I don't know all the circumstances, but I guess there must have been an awards presentation going on right then. And the, the interview begins and he says, hold, hold, hold on a second. Because the American National Anthem, was playing and he turned from the interview and this is there, you know, they're, they're, they're filming. He turns away from the interviewer and he stops and they show the entire star spangled banner. And he's just listening to it. And uh, she, she interrupts a little bit at the beginning. goes, no, no, just just wait, just wait. They get done. And uh, he goes back and he gives the interview. Now I understand, by the way, it may be that he does that for everybody's national anthem. I don't know. But I at least admire a man who respects the heritage of another country. I love it when a young person has the sense to look at their own roots and say, "How did I get here? These good things that I have, how did I get them? This freedom that we have, how how do we we get this?" And and I I love that about my own my own kids are not bored with. Uh, uh, yeah, they like to have fun. On, on uh, Monday this week, the teenagers that went to youth conference went to uh, Six Flags. That's part of going to youth conference every year. And, uh, and so they did that on Monday, and they had a, a good time. But on Friday, we did something that my son's been asking to do since last Christmas. He said, when we get a chance, can we go to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and see the National Monument to the Forefathers? And uh, so we went this past Friday. And uh, just, uh, I I enjoyed being there. I'd been to Plymouth before, but there's things, there's one thing that I had never seen. I'd never seen that monument, but I'd also never seen, I quote every year around Thanksgiving, the words of Governor William Bradford, that what our fathers with such great difficulties attained do not basely relinquish. It's written in Latin on his gravestone. And I'd never seen that before. I'd only seen pictures of it. But to watch my kids as they explored the, the graveyard where the, where the pilgrims actually had built their, their village on the hilltops. It's the high ground in the city of Plymouth. And what I saw for myself, I was moved even more by watching my, my own kids be just so interested in it and have a love for I have a great admiration for anybody who seeks out how we got where we are. All that to say this, do you have the courage to investigate the world's spiritual roots? Now, we're being told by a lot of folks these days that, oh, it's just another spiritual book. They're all the same. They're not all the same. First of all, this one is older than any of the others. This one predates the Book of Mormon by many centuries. This one predates the Staff of Joseph by many, many centuries. Staff of Joseph is the Jehovah's Witness book. And you name any holy book, the Koran, this one predates it by centuries. This is our spiritual roots. The spiritual roots of the human race. Do you have the courage to investigate and ask the question, does that really come from God? Does that really come from God? Now, if you'll ask that question, you'll find some amazing things. You'll find that this book, and archaeology proves that this book has been around as long as it claims to have been around, because it's quoted in places a couple thousand years ago, several thousand years ago, it's quoted again and again. And yet, even back then, it wrote about biology. And there are there's information related to biology that's found in this book that if it weren't from God, it would absolutely... Do you know how far off medicine was? 3,000 years ago. They believe, for example, they believed just up until uh, uh, oh, a couple hundred years ago, less than that, that if you had a disease, that disease was in your blood, so the best thing they could do for you was to, they called it bloodletting, to let the blood out because that blood contained some of the disease. Now, you're not even out of high school now before you learn. That is crazy. The thing to do for a diseased person, if it involves the blood, is to put blood in, not take it out. Do you know that the Bible, over 3,000 years ago, said the life of all flesh is in the blood? You think I was just a lucky guess? No. You read the Bible and you find out that that this book ventured out into biology over 3,000 years ago. And there's nothing regarding biology that invalidates it. Because, listen, if there were, it'd be all over the headlines. Oh, science has proved that some claim made in the Bible is not true. But they have never been able to do that. It ventures into geography, geography that would not be known by the methods of, of map makers in the before Christ era. It ventures into subjects regarding anthropology, geology, world history, psychology, astronomy, on and on and on. It goes in, listen. What? The Greeks, oh, they were so brilliant, the Greeks. What great thinkers. Yeah, but read mythology. (laughs) That's, you know, I I never understood, by the I guess it was because it was something we needed to know, why they taught us Greek mythology in school. How many had to learn uh, Greek mythology? I remember sitting there thinking, this is so stupid. Why do we have to learn this? Why do we have to learn that there's a man holding up the world? Uh, why do we have to, le- we all know this is bogus, why do we have to learn this? All these theories, but there are no theories put forth in the Bible, just facts. And the more man studies, and listen, there are people who have given their lives to disproving the facts in this book. And do you know what they do? They either come up with some convoluted theory that is disproven another ten years after they die, or they put their faith in Jesus Christ, which has happened again and again. You start to investigate how many scientists who are creationists who got their start trying to finally find that definitive proof that the Bible's not true. And in the course of their investigation, they said, you know what? It is. And they gave their life to Jesus Christ. But you have to decide for yourself. You have to decide for yourself. Now, Peter asked the question or made the statement in Second uh, Peter. He said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than what? Well, Peter had just been talking about his experience with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter saw Jesus Christ. He spent a couple of years of his life with him. I mean, he watched Jesus eat meals every day. He watched Jesus, you know, set up camp wherever they were. Set up. They, they slept under the stars every night. He watched Jesus set up camp. I mean, he, he watched Jesus brush his teeth. You know what I mean? He saw Jesus every day. One day, Jesus called him up top of a mountain, him and James and John. And while they were watching, Jesus was transformed or transfigured into his glorified body. In other words, what he looks like as God. While they watched... And Peter said, that was awesome. But right here in the written word, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Oh, you say, no. If I could go up on a mountain and watch Jesus Christ the man transfigured into Jesus Christ in his glorified body, I would believe Jesus said, no, that's not actually true. Jesus told a story. It was not just a story, it was, it was the, the account of the event of a, of a beggar, a poor beggar who was a believer, who died and went to be in what they call the waiting room of heaven because it was before Jesus had died, they called Abraham's bosom. And he used to sit, when he was alive on this earth, uh, this beggar used to sit outside the gate of a rich man, a rich man who was an unbeliever. He was Jewish, but an unbelieving Jew. And when he died, he woke up in a place called hell. And he could look and see the the beggar that used to sit outside of his gate. Now, the rich man didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went to hell because he was not a believer in God's word. And he was able to communicate with Abraham. Abraham. And Lazarus, the beggar who was there with Abraham. And he said, I've got five brothers. He said, Father Abraham, send somebody to warn them. I don't want them to come to this place. He said, I got an idea. He said, Lazarus is right there, the beggar that used to sit outside my gate. He's right there with you. He said, Let him be raised from the dead and go back and warn my brothers not to come to this place. Because if somebody were raised from the dead, they would believe. And Abraham said this. He said, they have Moses and the prophets, meaning the Old Testament of the Bible. He said, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe it even if they see a guy raised from the dead. The fact is, if you won't believe God's record in the Bible, you wouldn't believe a miracle if you saw it. God made it that way. There were people that saw Jesus do miracles that didn't believe. There were people that saw Jesus raise a man from the dead and they only used it as an excuse to want to kill Jesus. You have to decide for yourself. Say, Pastor, why, why, you know... Why are you such a, 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 a over-the-top Christian? Now, I'm not a great Christian, but I can say that I've given my whole life to the message of this book. And many of you can say the same thing. Say, why are you, why are you so, you know, I mean, I know some people, they go to church, but you're just, you take it to a whole other level. Why? Because I believe this book is God's word. He convinced me of it when I was a teenager, when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, 1981, 82, 83. While I had friends and acquaintances that were out partying and they were into the parties and the the drinking and having a good time, I was, the pursuit of my life was the word of God. And in the book and on my knees, God gave me the unshakable confidence that this is his word. And so when God's word says something, you can count on it. It's true. And I decided when I was 16, 17 years old Lord, I believe this book. You've shown me, you've taught me. I believe with all my heart, I will give my life to your truth. Now, if you don't have that kind of, let me say this, and we'll be done. This book has such a strong track record and such a strong message that you either have to take it or leave it. I've asked a number of people before, and I've done this a number of times, and uh, uh, the reaction is amazing. I've lost a number of New Testaments this way. I'll be at somebody's door, and I'm trying to witness to them, and they let me know that they are agnostic. Now, agnostic means you can't know. You can't know if there's a God. And so I'll take my Bible and I'll say, then this Bible is how I know that there's a God. And, of course, they say, well, that's good for you, but that doesn't mean i got to believe. It. Okay, I got that. What do you think about Jesus? Well, he was a good man, but he wasn't God. Okay. So what do you think about the Bible? it's a good book, but it's not the Word of God. Okay. I'm gonna hear, who's what I'm going to do? With your permission. I'm going to give you this book and I want you to read the Gospel of John. And I'll show them how to find the Gospel of John. I'm going to come back next week. With your permission, I'm going to come back next week. And I want you, when I come back, to tell me, if, you, if you've read the Gospel of John and you've asked the Lord, show me the truth, I'm going to come back next week, and I want you to tell me either that you're prepared to believe it, that it's the Word of God, or that you're prepared to keep reading, or that you're prepared to throw it in the garbage. And when I say throw it in a fire is actually what I've said. And when I say throw it in the fire, there's no! I would never throw the Bible in the fire. Wait a minute, you said you didn't believe it's the Word of God. It claims to be God's words repeatedly. All through the book, it claims to be God's words. If it claims to be God's words, and it's not, then it's the biggest fraud ever perpetuated upon the human race, and it needs to be destroyed. Hey, I don't have a Koran in my home, and I won't have one. Why? Because it's garbage. And if the Bible's not the Word of God, it's garbage. Say, Pastor, that's strong language. No, that's how strongly I believe it. I believe it is God's Word. And if it weren't, I wouldn't have a thing to do with it. The message is that strong that you have to decide because listen, if this book is not what it, if this I'm sorry, if this book is what it claims to be and you ignore it, you're in deep trouble for eternity. I ask you, have you decided for yourself whether or not this book is God's word? You need to if you're not persuaded you need to do that examination for yourself how do you do it lord please show me i'll tell you quickly before we baptize the pastor clark's wife mrs mrs clark that was yeah uh pastor's clark wife mrs clark she grew up in a very traditional religious family she started going to this little church and The preacher was preaching that the Bible is the word of God, the Bible is the word of God. And she had been taught that the great authority of faith is tradition, the traditions of the church. And so she actually challenged the pastor about it. And he did very close to what I just said. He took his Bible and he he said, I want you to take this home and I want you to read the book of John. And ask God to show you the truth. And that's what led to Mrs. Clark getting saved. I say to you, hey, how do we know that this knife is sharp? Well, let's see. You can uh, you can Google it. You can Google to see uh, uh, is is a knife you know is a knife sharp. Well, you could do that if you want to. You could research the history of this brand of knife and see and and see what and and get all the evidence. You could research it, or you could just, I'm looking for something like expendable. You can uh, you can just find out that. Well, it's not very sharp, is it? Um, that's how you know it's sharp. If I had the nerve, I've, I'd cut and draw blood from my finger, but I don't have the nerve. That's how you find out if it's sharp. The way to find out if the Bible is what it says it is is not to research about it. It's to read it and ask God, show me the truth. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. I pray that if there's a...